Hi, this is Rise Rocket Radio, episode 203, recorded on Friday the 19th of January 2018, and the time at the beginning of the show is one minute to midnight. Hello again. You have tuned in to the UK podcast for the pop culture geek, technology nerd, and creative media wizard. Let's start with... (laughs) what I'm again calling the Captain's Log, my personal news, and explain a bit about my Christmas of chaos, because navigating the ship that is Roy these past few weeks has been a total buggeration, and if you've been reading my Twitter feed today, you'll see a continuation of that buggeration that had nothing to do with internal problems, I mean illnesses that I'll talk about in a second, but were completely to do with external annoyances, like having to deal with things that are really, really annoying, and I'm clenching my fist just thinking about them. Had to deal with a broken aerial. Oh, what else? Yeah, the car needed servicing. Oh, and some disgusting litter bug has been chucking fast food containers all over the street outside. So I have been teetering on the border of just becoming another Meldrew. It has been difficult to restrain myself. So it was between Meldrew and a raging maniac. And I think I just managed to avoid turning into that guy. But it has been a trying day. And... On the subject of health, I'm recovering from a stupidly long list of minor illnesses that started with a cold, then a sore throat, thingamy doodle, and then it escalated literally to my sinuses and was further aggravated by allergies. I've had these problems since childhood, so I'm used to them, but... You see, I have another very different childhood condition that I don't really want to go into in this podcast. It's not that serious. But it is massively exacerbated by the above cold and allergies and that kind of thing. And unfortunately, you know how you feel when you've got a cold? You feel a bit dopey and then you take something like hot lemon, which makes you even more dopey. And some antihistamines do the same thing. And then, on top of that, I was given some drugs to deal with this condition. And it did bugger all, except knock me out for 18 hours a day. So that has put a dent in podcast. And, if you must know, I stopped taking that thing a while back because it wasn't really doing me any good. I still had the same problems. I was just unconscious, so I didn't notice them. In between these delightful things, I could write, but the extra writing led to chair-related issues that we've talked about before, i.e. back and bum problems. I'll leave you to fill in the gaps. And that's really what I meant by Christmas of Chaos, and that's what I was doing while everyone else was listening to Cliff Richards' mistletoe song. Anyway, let's just move on and talk about something I'm calling, rather long-windedly, slightly pompously, 
the Mammoth Old Who Doctor Who box set sessions. Yeah, there's a mouthful. Which is like the Peel sessions, but a lot less cool and a lot more geeky. I tweeted on the 9th of January, I have rewatched seven of 54 years of the entirety of Doctor Who as part of an ongoing feature in Roy's Rocket Radio, but it's taking too long. So in a few weeks, I will attempt to watch the remaining 47 years of Who in one epic-slash-insane box set session. And I added that at the BBC, and not surprisingly, did not get a retweet. I'm calling it Mammoth What's Name, mainly because mammoths are cool. And if you disagree with that, then you're wrong. When I said that I was going to do it in one go, I didn't mean that I was not going to sleep, because that would be crazy and potentially lethal, and I'd probably die. What I meant was that I was going to watch... And if you've noticed how I'm saying this, I'm saying all this in the past tense because things have changed, but you might as well get the full story. So I'll tell you what I thought as it developed. These adventure-slash-stories of however many episodes I would watch in one long uninterrupted session at a time. But first, some stats about Doctor Who. And I'm sure if you're um, a Whovian, you probably know a lot of this, but it is surprisingly, eye-wateringly humongous amount of Who that there is out there, I mean. There are, in total, I think at the moment, I think including the latest Christmas special, 840 episodes, which consist of collections of 276 stories, And the show spans 54 years. Now, so far, I have watched, during the previous part of my ongoing Doctor Who marathon, which never seems to be stopping, 54 stories. So, if I was to watch the entirety of Doctor Who, that would mean I would only have 223 episodes spanning 47 years to go. Except, 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 of course. When I did those calculations, I forgot, because it has been such a long time since I started doing the rewatch, and probably I was hallucinating a little, that I have only been watching Old Who. Yes, thank God for that. Luckily, then, I only have to watch everything from 1963 to 1989. Ending with, of course, the last Doctor, Sylvester McCoy. That's 28 years less, which means I only have 26 years minus the seven years I have already watched left. And this means I only have 19 years or 102 stories to go at a rate of a year per week. It will only take me another 19 days, which all sounds a lot more sensible. And to start this off, next week we will have a recap of the stories we have already covered since 
2014, and those are the years 1963 to 1970. I have one more adventure from 1970 to talk about. Maybe I'll do that on Sunday because I'm re-watching it at the moment. And incidentally, that was one of the stories repeated recently, a few months ago, maybe a year ago, maybe more than a year ago, on the Horror Channel. Yeah, so Sunday we'll have another podcast. We'll talk about that last adventure, along with a lot of other things that I haven't had time to discuss in this podcast, not who related. And then the week after, we'll have a massive recap of all the episodes so far, and then the week after that, we'll start with the Mammoth Box Session thingamidoodle, and I've already forgotten the title of that because it is so long. And in order to do this... We're going to do something just a little bit different, something that I have been intimating for quite a while, and that is moving to two shows a week. One will be dedicated to Old Who, and the other will be the regular show covering all your geekly needs, technology, pop culture, my writing, that kind of thing. Now, I hope that really is a great way to start the year and you will subscribe because it really would help me if I had more listeners. And as you can see, I'm making the effort. I am questioning myself as to why I started this crazy Doctor Who marathon thingy in the first place, but it's not as if I haven't done something like this before. In fact, before starting this podcast in 2012, shortly before, I had just finished Box Setting Lost, a series that I had previously half-watched. The difference is that Lost was on for six years, whereas Doctor Who has been on for a lot longer. But I still haven't said why, have I? Yeah, you know, partly it's because I said I would, Partly it's stubbornness, but mostly it's a huge slab of OCD. Okay, and next. Happy Sankranti, even if you aren't Hindu. And let's just get on with the show. So let's start off with some pop culture. And Star Trek Discovery 2018. It isn't too early to issue a spoiler, I think, because... I. I think the cat is well and truly out the bag, but there is a big spoiler coming, so if you don't want to hear it, don't listen for the next 10 seconds. Are you ready? Okay, spoilers coming. Clem Fandango is a Klingon. Yeah, you know, I can't remember the name of the actor, but the actor who plays the love interest on the show is, in fact, a Klingon. Okay, spoiler over, and that's the end of this section. Let's just give the others time to start listening again. Yep, we've just finished with the spoiler and we're back. The X-Files 2018. Okay, here's what I think, and I'm probably not alone in thinking this. 
breaking the rules is okay if you're a genius, and I do love the X-Files, but I don't consider Chris Carter a genius. And making most of last season all a dream in Scully's head, even if it's called Premonition, as well as the pointless voiceovers, are incredibly annoying and amateurish. On the third episode, there was, however, a traditional monster sode with a nice bit of personal interaction between Mulder and Scully. So by the third episode, it does redeem itself a little bit. Oh yeah, another thing that I've seen on TV and then just box-setted the whole thing because I couldn't stop myself, and that was Hard Sun. It's a BBC series from Luther's creator, and it is an awkward melding of apocalyptical sci-fi and a tough cop procedural. Now, it's okay but more science fiction would have been better. And I really get the idea that bolting on a bit of science fiction was the only way Neil Cross could get this on TV. One thing I do like about it, though, is the main character, who is a female cop, and she seems really cool but apart from that there are scenes where she really lays into people when she fights and she has a knuckle duster and I think that's a nice and fairly nasty and unusual touch in a female character and nice to see. Next, McMafia 2017 on the BBC. Yeah okay this really isn't geek fair but it is pretty good. It's based on a non-fiction book by Misha Glennie. It's a drama about mobsters, particularly associated with the breakup of the Soviet Union, who now appear to be almost as strong as governments. I do get the feeling that they hype this up for TV and the book might be a better read. And that's McMafia 2017. Next, Traders 2018. Again from the BBC, BBC Three this time. This is a one-off drama about ex-white collar broker, the guy who plays Samuel Tarly on Game of Thrones, who sets up a battle royale website for lethal dueling where the winner takes all. It's fairly average, except for a fairly spectacular fight scene with a bloke with a chain. And all I can guess from that particular fight scene is that they managed to find an actor or a stuntman who said, hey, I'm pretty good at whipping a chain around. Do you want me to do this? in the fight scene, and they had a look at him, and they thought, blimey, this guy really knows what he's doing, and they included it in that. So that is one of the things to look out for if you watch this. 
Oh yeah, I have a little warning, and I don't want to sound like everyone's nanny, but when they put this into the drama, I thought, eh, you probably shouldn't have done that. There's a voiceover bit that explains a little about combat. I'm not going to go into what they say, but please ignore this advice unless you want to end up in prison. It is really, really bad advice. That's Traders 2018. Uh, let's have a look. Shuffle my papers professionally and go to the next bit. Oh, what's that? Sorry, got another bit of paper there. There are a lot of sheets and a lot of stuff to catch up on. Ah, okay, we've done that. Ah, uh, oh, yes. Geeky movies and shows on BBC iPlayer. Because there isn't much for us geeks at the moment, and on iPlayer in particular, I did a bit of iPlayer mining, I suppose you could call it that, and I did find a few gems that you might enjoy. For a start, all the Wallace and Gromit movies are on iPlayer, there is also a short animation that looks quite good that I haven't seen yet called The Highway Rat. The film The Red Shoes, the oldie black and whitey film, is also on iPlayer. Give it a try, you will be pleasantly surprised. And finally, I also saw something called Christopher Lee's Ghost Stories, which I haven't watched yet, but I might give a try later on. Okay, let's move on to science and technology. And I want to start off with some tech that I use, or at least I used to use, that went bad in 2017 and that I don't recommend anymore. In fact, it is everything that I have in the past recommended on my website, particularly the podcast page. I'm going to go in there and delete it all because it has let me down and I don't want anyone else using that same software. But let's just talk about what software I'm actually talking about. First is AntennaPod. Now, I woke up a few days ago now to find all my data gone and the app completely empty. I checked on the web and in the Google App Store and I have found quite a few others who are in the same boat. And this really is a problem because I have in my podcast feed in AntennaPod, I should tell you that AntennaPod is a podcast player and catcher. It's open source and it's fairly sophisticated. But this was not good. And I know a lot of people use it, so I thought I'd tell you about it. Yeah, I listen to many podcasts. I have, as I said, more than 180 in my feed. And every single thing was gone. After that happened, not surprisingly, I was very disappointed. And I tried several alternative apps. But the only one that comes near AntennaPod's functionality is a paid app called Podcast Addict, which is very popular. 
The only trouble with Podcast Addict is it sucks the hell out of my battery. And unless you opt in for giant ads or pay to have all the ads removed, that's what will happen. Which I think is just a really great ethical policy right there. Luckily, I did have an OPML export of my feeds. OPMLs are files that, well, without going into too much complication, an OPML export is a typical way that you back up your podcast feeds. And it's a way of restoring your feeds if something goes wrong or if you change your podcatcher slash player client, you can just import these feeds. Think of them as a file full of bookmarks for your web browser. Same principle. Anyway, yeah, I had this backup. It wasn't as current as I would like, but it had most of the podcasts I listened to. And so I reinstalled AntennaPod and reinstated the feeds. I've got to say, though, I'm still feeling rage because from what I have read on the AntennaPod forums, one of the AntennaPod devs didn't seem to be taking the whole matter seriously, at least not initially. He seemed to be highly dubious about the whole thing. My advice at the moment is make sure that you export your settings on a regular basis if you use any podcast app, but particularly AntennaPod. I'm not going to recommend AntennaPod anymore, though I am still using it. Next, the iOS podcast app. Now, this is not new news. Many users have complained about recent updates of this app. My advice? Actually, I have no idea. I do not know what the hell Apple think they are doing by not having a decent podcast listening app. And if you are on iOS, sorry, I can't recommend anything because I... Don't own any of those devices. I don't anymore. Used to have an iPhone. Uh, Yeah, sorry about that. Ah, and the last piece of software that I recommended on my podcast page was Sony Recorder for Android. Unfortunately, Sony have started collecting data and they have started promoting things that they would like to sell within the app. And that happened in the last update, so goodbye Sony Recorder. I did initially replace it with a free and open source recorder called Audio Recorder, which is available via the open source Android installer app, F-Droid. Unfortunately, that too gave a 22-day trial period, at least the one that's in the normal Google Play Store, which is odd because they're supposed to be the same. And the other problem I had is that I could record things but couldn't recover them from the phone, which was just great. 
So now I'm going back to my standby way of recording audio on a device and that's just using the video recorder. Yep, you can do that. It does take up a lot of space, but yes, you can use the video recorder as an audio recorder. What you have to do if you do that is when you want to separate the audio from the video, if you are using Audacity, say, you need the FFMPEG plugin, and that will allow you to separate video from audio. Yeah, kind of disappointing because I really rely on voice recordings. And that's really the end of my main moans about tech this week. I had something to add, though, about Audacity versus Reaper. This is, I suppose, a little bit of a moan, but I haven't looked into this thing well enough yet to talk credibly about it. It's Audacity versus Repo at Castle Royenstein yet again. Reaper is quite good and it is popular, but the reason it's bugging me, but not actually on the naughty list, is that I have problems seeing part of the user interface because the buttons and the text are so damn small. I do think, on the whole, Reaper is better and less crashy than Audacity, and one of the big pluses is that you can do non-destructive audio editing. So, I haven't written it off completely, and I might try it again. There are also themes that change the interface. Until then, I am staying with Audacity, because the interface is much easier to read, which is important in something you need to stare at for hours on end. Okay, let's talk briefly, maybe not so briefly, depending on my notes. One sec, yeah, have a look. Oh, yeah, not too long, thank goodness. About CES 2018. Voice assistants plugged into every conceivable device, not only Alexa, in Amazon devices like Echo, but smart displays from LG with embedded Google Assistant. So, yeah, to cut a long story short, voice assistants in everything, including bags of popcorn, were a thing. I'm lying about the popcorn. Byton were also at CES. Byton are an EV car maker, and they were showing off the SUV, which is yet another boring-looking car shaped like a 90s running shoe, reminiscent of the hideous Nissan Duke. But it does have a 49-inch display jammed into the dash. That's more than twice as big as my home television. This is in preparation for the day when the EV will become fully autonomous. They also said that their extended range model can go for 323 kilometers, which is okay. The low starting price is only $45,000. 
only. God, I'm so poor. Okay, some more stuff about cars at CES. Most car companies are saying they'll have something electric by the 2020s. Nissan unveiled their new Nissan Leaf, and Hyundai showed off the Nexo, which is powered by a hydrogen fuel cell, which is more interesting than just plain electric. Ah, okay. That's almost... Let's have a look. Yeah, because there's a link to something else. So we're going to stray away from CES and then swoop back into CES and then out again. You'll see why this works. The SNES Classic Mini is available in the UK again, or at least it was a couple of days ago, if you want one and aren't soured by Nintendo like I am. Now is the time to get one. The NES Classic Mini. And this is what did get me annoyed about Nintendo and why I am so angry with them. But despite washing my hands of the company and proving myself a complete hypocrite, I'm waiting for summer and the re-release of the NES Classic Mini. Yes, it is coming back, thank goodness. I hope I get one this time. I am also looking forward to summer because Hyperkin are bringing out the Ultra Game Boy, or so they've said again at CES. And yeah, that is familiar because that's what they said last year, and I think that was at CES too, and I think I talked about it then. Anyway, the Ultra Game Boy is the rebooted Game Boy. And of course, we've got to hope that it actually arrives this time. I've seen some prototypes of it and it does look cool. It's an aluminium body with stereo sound, color screen, and plays all Game Boy cartridges. Now, I hope it plays Game Boy cartridges from the entire range, otherwise I can't see why you would buy this. The aluminium shell that it has is very nice and almost reminiscent of the old Game Boy, the original Game Boy, the beige one. I have one, actually, just a few feet away from me. Except for a weird bulge at the back, which I'm not really that fond of. But we'll see what happens and that is due to arrive this summer. See why I swooped back to CES? Okay, and that's it for CES. Just before we leave Nintendo, one last late breaking piece of news. Apparently, Nintendo have brought out something called Labo, which is a bunch of cardboard kits that are supposed to extend the functionality of Switch games. From what I've seen, you put things together, and on the promo video, there's a small piano that you tear the cardboard into pre-cut-out bits and then fold it all origami-like into piano and then interact with a Switch game. And there's also a fancy backpack and a cardboard BFG. All quite expensive. And that's about all I know, but I thought I'd add that last late breaking bit 
of Nintendo News as we are talking a lot about Nintendo this week. Now we go on to... Yeah, not so great news. Ex-Google anti-diversity guy rears his ugly head again. And now, apparently, Julian Assange wants to hire him. Okay, let's just remember that Assange did his one good thing with WikiLeaks and ignore the rest of his idiocy. Except we can't, because his new BFF is James Damore, who, after having previously and predictably courted the nutty right wing, is now suing Google. I think... The poor white guy with his white guy privilege needs to experience the real racism and gender bias that people who are not white or are not male experience every day before he starts whining about imaginary slights. What a wimp. (sighs) Okay, news on the meltdown patch slowdown. Yes. The meltdown patch for all computers and the, or at least Windows computers, and Spectre is slowing down machines. So much for my advice on downloading the patch. Really, hats off. Great work, Intel and Microsoft. Just great. Next, GoPro. GoPro recently threw in the towel declaring the scrapping of their Karma drones. And not only are they scrapping the drones, they are also looking for a buyer. The American company, which famously produces the Hero series of action cams and more lately the drones, has given up. It looks like Chinese company YI Technologies YI Action Camera, or Yai Camera, I think, are now the top action camera makers around. And now let's leave tech and move on to science, because we haven't had any science chat for ages and ages. And this is not new news, but it's more for my own benefit than anyone else's, and anyone who actually has lots of work to do and misses the news half the time might be interested in this. And we'll start with Oumuamua, the cigar-shaped rock. Perhaps the first asteroid from outside our solar system was not an alien spaceship after all, but merely a water-rich lump. However, it is possibly from another solar system, and as it is only passing through our own system, Roy's Rocket Radio and all its listeners waves and welcomes our first alien visitor. Next, Tabby Star, aka KIC846. 2852, trips off the tongue that does, turned out not to have a loose Dyson sphere constructed by alien engineers. In fact, the unusual dimming and brightening may be attributed to, wait for it, 
This is really amazing. Dust. Bah, humbug. Okay, let's move on to creative topics now. And I don't really have anything to talk about concerning other people's creative topics. If you've got anything you'd like to share, any bit of filmmaking, book writing, anything creative you're doing, games making, get in contact with the show and maybe we'll talk about it on the show. So it's only my stuff today. And I was stuck on my final edit because I found out that chapter 17 of 40 was a complete mess. How did I not see this in the first and the second edit? I'm talking about the Horus box, my novel, that is nearly re-re-re-re-edited. I'm not sure if I missed a re. So I ended up stuck on this for days. Usually it takes me about a day per chapter, but this time it took a lot longer because of the mess that it was. But I restarted on Friday. I don't think... Yeah, that would have been last Friday, I think. And I'm happy to report that I'm past 17 now, thank God. If you've ever written a substantial body of work, you'll know what a beast it is to edit. Other writing. Yeah. The Break from Blackgate, my other book, a horror novel, made me realise that there are lots of problems with it, but it is not unsalvageable. And talking about stuff that can be salvaged, I am now at the stage where I have enough material for four books but I do have to edit everything. It feels like, particularly after today's fiasco, that I'm lagging too far behind with things, and I do feel guilty about it, but I am trying my best to catch up. Okay, here we go. The last bit of the creative section, and this is a bit of a redux, 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 because it is on the subject of backs and backsides. Bums. We've talked about this before, but it is so important that it bears mentioning again. If you work as a writer, have several different positions to work in. That is, vary by writing sometimes on your laptop, other times on your tablet, other times on your PC. If you don't have all these devices, don't spend more than 30 minutes at a time writing. I speak from bitter experience. And on that joyful note of positivity, we are at the end of the show. So, how to find Roy? You can find me... And I'll promise not to talk about myself in the third person too much anymore. On the web... My website is RoyMartha.com, R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R.com. My blog is at RoyMartha.wordpress.com. I'm on Twitter at RoyMartha. If you like the show, please like the show, please like the show. Tell a friend about Roy's Rocket Radio. Please review the show in iTunes. I've been banging on about this for ages and no one ever does. And that is it.
This was Roy's Rocket Radio episode 203, recorded on Friday, the 19th of January 2018, but ending on Saturday, the 20th of January 2018, at about nine minutes to one in the morning. Thanks for listening, and bye for now. Bye!